Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I wasn't recording. I wasn't recording. I'm going to kill myself. That's the first that's happened. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. Oh, oh, oh. This is gonna, this is gonna be the music at the start of where it's like, do, 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 and just hear us thinking like, I didn't record it, I didn't record it. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, oh. Right, here we go again. Too afraid to ask, too lazy to Google. Welcome to No Idea Yet. I'm the host, Jonathan, and we've got Freddie. Hey. And Alistair. Hello there. So join us on the journey to find out how little we know. First, we'll discuss a topic we may or may not think we know. Then we'll go away for a week to research. We'll then discuss our findings and hopefully learn something along the way. So today's topic is ethics. This is the first time for Freddie and Alistair learning about it. And if you heard at the start, we have recorded a bit of this already. So <laughs> acting and so going back in time about 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but no, I think the first question was what is slash art ethics where are they from why do we have them so i guess what is the purpose of ethics uh freddie start with or what's the description description and purpose of ethics okay so i'm gonna completely improvise this uh, in a fun way oh. um, uh, Alistair, can you give me an animal oh how about a turtle oh. <laughs> uh, fine tell um, Johnny, have you got any other animals? A giraffe. Is that what you said? Okay. Oh, maybe, um, maybe a bear as well. Is it bear? Bear. bear. <laughs> okay, we'll use all three for my analogy. Um, so, bear is someone that I greatly respect. I was going to mix it up here. And bear's telling me a story about giraffe and turtle. And he's just saying about how giraffe did this nice thing for turtle. I'm just. So a kid, maybe I don't even have full scope of the world yet, but the way he says it is positive and the story gets ingrained in my head as a good thing. Now, it doesn't actually matter what the thing was. I'm just being taught from an early age from someone I respect that this is a good thing to do. And I think that makes a lens kind of thing, that the way you see the world. And I think that's what ethics is. I think ethics is the way you see the world based on your biases, which generally comes from parents and people you think are cool so ultimately think, it's yeah. it's taught from parents based on experiences and memories and is i mean in this context we're going to assume that it is that there isn't a true an objective truth in it is actually more of like a societally gained thing yeah i think it's something that you are taught subconsciously i don't think i mean people can have things where they're like oh this is wrong I think it's actually what you feel that's the ethics, maybe. So, like, you know, the things that you do that you feel guilty for, I feel like that's what ethics is. And that's not something that can always be directly. Is that, is that not conscience? That, that's, that's really, that's conscience, right? That's your, and then ethics is basically your conscience played out in this sort of, on this, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm open, I'm open to being wrong and debating, but also. No, I'm, I'm not saying you're right. I just, I, I, I'm sort of expanding on <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Um, like you said, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're right. By the way, <laughs> just like when you right, answer a right. question in a lecture, yeah. and they're like, um, "No idea." Well, no. <laughs> that, that that's a great point. 
it's not right. <laughs> yeah. So I think like, yeah, yeah it's something that uh, is different to people. But, I mean, with anything like semantic like this, getting into linguistics of it always messes up, doesn't it? And so I was like, actually, I think you'll find that's just being polite. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. hard to, to, doubt, to pull apart. Sorry, Alistair, what were you going to say about ethics? Ethics. And I, I thought, yeah, I think you're right with the conscience thing. And I think ethics is kind of the rules that we established through through the sort of lived experience of that. I think, obviously, when you look at the study of it, you then got sort of thinkers, thinkers who did some thinking um, back when, and they sort of come up with some stuff that you think, oh, that's, yeah, it's got something to it there. Yeah, obviously, you've got sort of the harm principle and things, which is obviously quite a nice one. Just don't, you know, don't hurt other people. My, the right to swim my fifth ends where your nose begins sort of thing. So you kind of live your life by... You know, trying not to cause harm to the bit. I think that's quite a nice way to look at it. Obviously, then you've got utilitarianism. I don't know. Again, I don't want to you know, mm. go into all the philosophy of it, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 more broadly speaking, I think yeah, it's uh, sort of the, the outlines that we've we've sort of found to live a morally good life and to sort of function quite well as a as a society together. One one thing oh, we'll we'll quickly discuss because we haven't discussed it before is the, the ethics involved in a car which has self driving and then it has to choose what life is more valuable than the other when deciding when to crash. Say if there's a car coming into it, does it stay the course and hit the car, or does it choose to turn left and hit a pedestrian? Because the car will of be will be able to register everything that's going on around it, and therefore the car has to decide for you. Um, and then somebody's had to program that. And I'm assuming with anything, there's an ethics board or somebody who's got to decide that. And I guess it's how well, do we come to that decision? Like, I mean, the the, the whole Hippocratic goes and stuff. I mean, all of this like splits between ethics and morals and all sorts of fun stuff. One thing I just wanted to touch on that I found super, super interesting from a linguistics podcast I was listening to, and uh, that's Because Language, It's Sick. And... It talked about how there's biases in code that you don't know are there. Like the majority of people who code are young white males from America. The way they code actually is influenced by their background and so comes out later on in the code and the way that AI decide things. And you, they, they, they didn't mean it, obviously, but it comes out. And this is something that's obviously going to have a huge impact if in your culture it's maybe more normal to say that you'd well try and save the passenger or something whereas in another culture you might be like well that's not so important and i'm not saying that blindly isn't that the whole thing about in china it's seen as like if you sacrifice yeah. the mother or the child you sacrifice i was, about, I was literally just, just thinking this now i just about to talk about this um what to mention it yeah that's like a classic difference between uh sort of filial piety having kind of like this sort of respect for your elders that is kind of different and it's illustrated by the sort of yeah thought experiment of if you are on a raft your son and your mum fall off or your, your parents and your, and your kids fall off the raft at the same time you only got time to save one of them who would you save and i feel like the, the western perspective on that is often i'd say the kids because they've got more to live for and if you know again it's sort of maybe even an apocryphal story at this point with how, how you know many times it's been told i'm not saying there's a blanket thing for all chinese or western people but yeah the general idea behind filial piety and everything would be that you'd save your parent because you can have more kids. <laughs> I think that's yeah, often used as, as, a, as an example of like the difference in thinking of that. But yeah, the value is more to them of what they've given to you rather than the child what hasn't necessarily given you anything yet, and you can have more anyway. Yeah, 
I mean, you can yeah. see that as well, in just in the way that you know, like families in, in China, like the way they live together is in a generational way that we don't hear. I know, sort of shipping off old people to old people's homes. It's very common here, obviously, but in China, it's far more common to just live with your three generations, four generations under one roof as well. Mm. Uh, Freddie, go for it. Uh, I feel like you can, you can add to this point. I was going to move on to a tiny bit further. Crazy Rich Asians, have you seen the film? I've, got I've the read book. the book. Yeah, I've got the I've got the book. Ah, I just have. I'm oh. so excited to read it. I've been told how good it is, and I keep reading other stuff. And I'm, I, I need to. It's very easy to read. Yeah, it's a film I kept putting off because Abby was like, "Oh, should we should watch it." I'm like, "I know I'm going to like the film. I just can't be bothered watching it right now." <laughs> and then, yeah, lo and behold, I watched the film. I was like, "This is a sick film." I don't know why it took so long to watch it. And it's the thing of she's from China originally, oh, Singapore. I can't remember which one because yeah, Singapore. The, the, the film's based in Singapore. I think it's Singapore when they filmed in Malaysia and that was kind of like a funny thing. Like oh, okay. Um, I can't remember. Oh, well. He's not. No idea yet. So it's Eastern um, values compared to Western. And so you've got a Western-raised woman who's marrying into a Singapore family. And she says, oh, asking about her upbringing. She says, oh, well, you know, my mom was really good to me and I was able to follow my dreams. And I've been able to do exactly what I want to do. And she's like, oh, that's a very Western idea. You know, here it would be a case of you know, you, you honour and respect your parents because they brought you up, they brought you into the world. So it's kind of you repaying the favour by doing something that they want you to do, if that's right. I'm paraphrasing, and I watched the film a while ago, so I may be wrong, but it's, yeah, it, it just, we think so commonly, especially in Western world, that Western ideas are the right ideas because they just seem to be echo chamber in our own society. And you, you realise that like, you're thinking in a Western way. And it's that's just like a biases that we, it's so large yeah. we don't understand what we're in i was gonna add to the, the car thing but actually all of this is that so we were just starting off with r chooses to kill a or chooses to kill b with whatever biases which yes are going to come into play but the technology is going to be so advanced or is so advanced it can probably see if it's a man see if it's a woman guess it's guess their age or even see if it's how they're dressed maybe and puts mm. extra information i mean all this information it'll take in potentially in some way or form so geez man <laughs> the biases I, again this kind of goes into the whole like playing devil's advocate and playing the real sort of you know the the, the uh the thing is i think again on the on a, on a wider scale it's going to be just the overall numbers of deaths are going to go way down at the moment mm. obviously deaths on the road is an absolute terrorist of, of what we're doing as a society but i think yeah in terms of I, I think I said it in, in the one where we weren't recording, but um, yeah, basically the whole the thing of like playing devil's advocate, you can always find like the, if you take the golden rule of treat others how you like to be treated, that sounds great, you know. Um, but obviously then there are easy caveats to that you can be like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll buy this one for that. But I think yeah, the ethics, the more broadly speaking, the ones where we can just sort of have oh yeah, these are good rules. This 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 sounds like something that would be a be a nice way to live our lives. Mm-hmm. I guess I was thinking of like with the the car thing. I guess. Could you, I mean, you can disagree. Do you think ethics comes down to having to give a value to something and a value can be positive or negative? So something that's bad is negative value. Something positive is plus value. And so if you're choosing in a car, what do you save? Do you save the person in the car? Do you save the car? Um, do you save the child or whatever? And then you've got to choose value. What's more valuable? Is the car the most valuable thing? So go into the bushes, doesn't matter about the person inside it, because that is worth a lot of money. So you want to save that, or at least the person inside it, because they're worth more money than the other thing. Do you want to save the the, the mum? Because, well, if, if the mum dies, the baby's going to probably die anyway. So it makes sense logically. But then do you want to save the child because it's new life and there's 
more wasted potential otherwise and it's yeah I guess I think what do you think about the idea that it's trying to put values to something positive or negative uh Alistair I I, I agree I think, I think obviously that the kind of the that's where you kind of get into the, the maybe the AI okay this could be a bit of a rabbit hole but I think in terms of, in terms of what Freddie was saying earlier about how ethics is more about what you feel rather than what you what you can actually rationally say is this is x value this yeah this value and everything so I think that's again that's that's where I, the, the conversation with that gets a bit more a bit more nuanced but uh it's not like you know self-driving cars are the first time you know people have to make these ethical decisions so i think a lot of the time there are so many other factors at play that ethics isn't that high on a list of you know like a company's you know like obviously famously unethical companies like nestle and you know like tearing up rainforests and everything for for their own profits and it is it's not like a you know a new thing really in terms of the world it's just um, an evolving thing perhaps yeah i guess my, my thought of value is because if you have to code something you'll have to put a number to something else. And it's like, if so-and-so's like this, this, this equals this, then go for that. I imagine yeah. I, don't, I can't code. Um, I'm doing very hard, but ready? Yeah. I mean, just to, I'll try to stick to your point about uh, values. I mean, on one side, yes, you're going to have, it's probably going to be a, a lot of values that are added up and whichever one comes to the slightly higher is the option it's going to choose. And you just have to live with that because that's just how it's going to be. And on the other hand, you kind of do that yourself, just not obviously with numbers, but with feelings. When you make a decision in your day to day, I mean, when you decide to or not to give to that homeless person, like you're weighing up random feelings and whichever one comes on top at that moment is the one you go with. Right. I mean, and I'm not even saying that giving is or isn't a good thing. It's just how you feel in that moment. And on a different day, because emotions are temporary, you'll feel different. <laughs> so I think ethics yeah. are fluid as well. And it's all about the moment, maybe. Yeah, because I guess we focus on the car thing. It's like when you have to write it down, whereas most of the time ethics is actually a, a, a personal. So before it was experience and memory, memory based, or whatever that's a thought of how it could be, of like, yeah, when you don't write it down, it is super fluid. I, the, so to, to, so this, is, this is the topic I want to get to. So the idea is, so if your ethics are based on memory, so the idea of like something isn't nice because you remembered it effectively, isn't it? So you're able to base something like, well, I didn't like that because it happened to me previously. And I still remember that as a negative thing. And not that necessarily saying if you get rid of the memory, it gets rid of the ethics. It just gets rid of that negative experience. So say Total Recall, you can alter someone's memories. So, or maybe even sunshine of internless what's it spotless Eternal mind? Sunshine of a spotless mind yeah. thank you everyone yeah so you can get rid of memories does this change ethics because say if somebody is you know assault or something like that and then if you suddenly get rid of that memory for that person entirely what happens because the person still did it but it has it doesn't have the negative thing so say if even someone got in a fight assault but then you're able to change their memory so they don't remember the assault and they don't remember the recovery negatively then what's the harm and nothing was the biggest thing is nothing's permanent what was the damage done and therefore does the ethics change because it's like well if we can just get this is granted this is a hugely i think like immoral almost thing to do to like you know we'll get rid of the problem by just you know putting tipex over it kind of thing but what are your thoughts to that if you can change memory does it change ethics yeah uh, an interesting question I was I've heard of this is, is if you had a choice between going on a holiday that was like absolutely amazing, it was the most dream holiday you could possibly think of, but afterwards, after you've been on it, you take a pill or whatever, you, you forget it. So mm. you, you live your life afterwards and you forget, you, you forgot that it's happened. 
or you can just have a really mundane kind of like fine holiday is it still a holiday it's still like it's nice but it's not like the yeah. dream one and we wish we should choose and i think most people probably would go for the the one where you don't lose the memory right but yeah. i don't know because but i don't know what are you without your memories i'm not sure you're yeah because you're, you're, you're certainly not you like if you know the whole thing if you, if you had a clone then they just rocked up one day and they were you but without some of the memories and that's not you at all i think you are just a, a combination of the you know things you've experienced in your life so yeah i, I think yeah if you start taking away if you if we do have technology that can wipe memories and things it will drastically change. I think if people have had traumatic experiences, potentially that could be a good thing. The idea of if someone's got PTSD, you're able to remove the memory, but you could also say, as you were saying, like your memories make who you are. So suddenly you get rid of something. So you can suddenly you're a clean slate, but it's kind of like, have you lost some of your personality? And that's not me saying anything about like severe trauma, but obviously like, you know, it's like who chooses to wipe the memories. And the thing about holidays, total recall, they have a thing of where you can go into a shop five minutes, the implant and a holiday into your memories and you're like oh that was a great holiday wasn't it you go in you walk out and suddenly you've had like you know you could have spent six thousand pounds going like across the world or instead you spent 20 quid and they just got the memories anyway so what's the difference freddie yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh man there's so much to unpack <laughs> um, i mean let's not say that people can change or not like people can change the way they feel about things like and that's not just with therapy that's like self like self-guided things you can change how you see something and potentially grow from it and maybe gain something back from it that is better than just getting rid of it but then i was gonna say something else is that i listened to a ted talk not really sure about a woman who was having a checkup for something completely different and she maybe the doctor noticed that strangely she seemed very close to him when she was talking to him like she didn't really have a personal space thing but otherwise a lovely lady and upon further discovery due to i think she had some problems i can't remember something else they gave a brain scan it turned out part of her hippocampus had or the amygdala, the amygdala had um, calcified and she could no longer feel fear now she just couldn't feel it she she remembered the last time she felt scared about when she was 12 and she has had all in and out a pretty horrible life because she hasn't felt fear. She hasn't ever like been felt the need to get herself out of horrible situations because she just has no like instinct for it. And guess what? She recounts all of it as happy memories. She was beaten by her ex-husband. She mugged, hit by a car, like all sorts of crazy stuff that because she just didn't feel the fear, but she saw it all as a positive thing because she didn't have the fearful memories attached to it. So it's kind of the reverse of what you were saying. That's mad. How? Oh, that's crazy, that. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Real story. Yeah. And do, you, do that thing of like, I guess when you start changing, altering, you know, you're saying about like genetic alter, altering people, of like when you start altering like memories, for instance, or how we feel about things who decides what is a normal person or how we should feel normally but then suddenly if you're like well everyone has lost all fear everything's just fine and dandy and it's like you know ethics aren't an issue anymore just do what you want everyone's okay and it's it'll be really yeah. bizarre like you could like lose your leg and you'd be like yeah it's fine yeah i remember lost my leg yeah yeah it's fine like it's, an, it's annoying but i mean it's not it's, like you don't remember the trauma like, there's no trauma yeah and I guess, is that something which, I guess, if you to look at certain things, of, is that what it boils down to of 
it's avoiding those negatives. But what happens when you suddenly have no negatives? Yeah, is it, is it, do you need a balance kind of thing? Yeah, the, the yin and yang and all that sort of thing. Yeah, do you if 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 you don't have those negatives, then does the is your life just instantly happy, or does it become this sort of weird like kind yeah. of you're neither and you're just kind of like oh well because obviously you, like i said the great example how quickly you get used to something that's better right and then if you go try and go back to the, the old thing it's it's like worse like, like obviously if you get a new phone and then you use your old phone for whatever reason you're like oh this seems rubbish by comparison right which is the little things that annoy mm-hmm. you but but no problem when it was your phone but then okay maybe that's a poor example but you know what i mean like how quickly you get used to something that's like new um it then becomes quite difficult i think to so again i think that could be, could be you know carry yeah. across into that, into that world the yeah. point that I forgot I was making and then like left and then remembered that I was meant to be making this point was you like you said about memories, memory tied to how you feel about something in the, in the past. So yeah, if you got rid of the emotion, can like can you get rid of ethics? Does it just disappear? Which would link back to my turtle story. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel like. It kind of does use. Plenty of things have happened that only exist in people's memory. The only, the only, but like, you know, like I, I got a great example. The oldest, oldest person in the world, you know, the, the earliest in there in ever. They'll be the only person who remembers it. And then once they're gone, it is, you know, that's the only place it really exists is in someone's memory. Mm-hmm. But also, like, yeah, on memory, and I said, I think we could do a whole episode on memory. It's fascinating um, how little we understand about it. Yeah, do you, do you like, obviously, your, your brain is a very weird way of remembering things. And when you actually, if you go back to that place or if you do, you know, if you, if you see a video, especially of something that, that you know, from a time, you're like, oh, I don't remember that at all. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think memories are the core of, of, of what it really is to be human, actually. I, I, I'd go as far as to say that. Yeah. yeah. So would you, would you say then, for, let's say, to make an ethical decision of suddenly you find technology to alter memories, would you say, actually, we should probably stay clear because the fear of we could change a society to a point of something unrecognisable, which may not be beneficial for the society as a whole so i think the pandora's box of that we're very bad at closing pandora's boxes as yeah <laughs> if history does anything yeah we just um, open it and just we open it and not, not opening <laughs> could you That's imagine we're not we're not very good at not opening it <laughs> could you imagine going do you know, like when um i remember ages ago it was like you could get a spa treatment where they put like steaming air just like steam across your body and it exfoliates you and whatever um, it went wrong, and they just had boiling water, just burning water, scalded all over their arms. They got like second degree burns everywhere. Um, um, what happens if you did that with wiping someone's memory accidentally? Oops, that's forty years gone, not twenty minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, you killed them. That's oh, that. That's, that's who's gonna sue of... you? <laughs> you don't remember that. <laughs> that you don't remember. That's yeah, That's from um, that. What's it, the, the first fifteen lives of Harry August, the book where they. Certain people in the world they just die, but then they come back to life again in the, in the same body that they lived their life in. So it's time travel wise as well, but with but with this, the same memories. And then the sort of two ways you die as a I can't remember the name of the in the book, but yeah, I can remember the two ways you die. Are, you don't remember what you do. Oh, I remember how it was. I don't remember what the name of them was. Yeah, no, the names of them. Yeah, they like yeah. So there's two ways that they die. Basically, it's like yeah, one is. Um, that they obviously die, but then the other one is that if you actually lost your memory, then that is that is a sort of fall of death as it were. Hmm. Um, like, so you, okay, I just thought of something that ties in with this as well, but not really ethics. Again, it's kind of going down the memory lane thing. Is if you know when you go home, like a, a childhood home, and you really find things you totally forgotten about. If someone had just thrown them away, you wouldn't know. 
it, this is like with clutter like in my garage there's a load of stuff that needs sorting out and it hasn't been like when we moved house there's stuff that was put in storage and it must have been there for about six months as we stayed with my mom before we got moved into a house and you were like suddenly you moved into the house and it, took, it was about two weeks until we got stuff out of storage and you're like huh, like we're fine with everything that we've got suddenly all the storage stuff comes and you're like why have we got so much stuff we didn't need it and then you're going through stuff like oh it's got sentimental value that's why and it's like so then you got to like yeah or like this this will be handy later on not right now like a winter coat for instance in summer and it's yeah, but the idea of memory, yeah. it's sentimental Marie thing. Con- Marie Kondo, Marie, Maria Kondo, Con- Maria, Kondo, Maria, the, the the lady who declutters people's houses and says that you've got to go through the stages first of all, the easy stuff and the hard stuff, and then also recognize why you want something, and if it doesn't fulfill enough, you throw it away. My best thing is just if it's just sentimental, take a photo, throw it away, put it in a little folder that says sentimental, something like that. Winner, winner. But the toys, the childhood toys. Although some things, of my mum has kept some of our baby toys, and now they're being used for Ezra. So it's kind of like, that's actually <laughs> you're a bit of a hoarder, mum. But this is actually coming value. So fair enough. Fair enough. That's gonna be quite cute. I think like a photo of you as a baby with a toy, and then you've got your son yeah. with a, as a baby with the same toy. That's pretty cute. I've actually got. I've just got props. Like, I just keep all the props from photos when I'm a baby, just <laughs> for that moment when I have a child and the then grandchildren. Away. That's all it is. Yeah. Throw the child away. And the thing about plastics of like, it was, you know, some friend in there, I think he's late 30s, and he said, oh, he had this little red plastic table, and in the corners, there's little like pockets and there's little red chairs on it, little kids' plastic one. I was like, no, what? And that's familiar. And I, was like, I swear I used to like either have one or maybe like church it or something like that. And I, re- I remember that like little playset for kids. And he said, yeah, this is the one I had as a kid that my parents kept. And it looked not new, but it looked like the same as I remember as a kid. It's like that plastic has not degraded whatsoever. And it's still very good to use for kids. But yeah. We totally wandered off ethics and talking about kids. I was going to say, yeah, I thought you were about um, plastic and the ethics of plastic <laughs> recycling. Uh, okay. Ooh, yeah, I guess one thing I'll, I'll try to move back to ethics. Plastics is a good one. You've got a board which does ethics, don't you, in a company? So who, who's a good decider? Because like a jury, like how how that's ethically done is it's random. But I also heard of a story, um, somebody who used to work with. She said her husband was called for jury duty, and it was somebody who'd committed an assault against a woman like 15 years ago. And it was only now that they had different evidence and like that that it came to fruition that they would go to court to go away for it. And the jury of these random people, there was a couple of guys, as well. I think it was like Guy Heavy. She said her husband, when he went there, that's like, what happened 15 years ago? So they just go, I like, don't want to send him to jail. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? And kind of that, thing, that thought of like time heals wounds. But I think definitely when it's like justice, you know, no, justice should be served, shouldn't it? And it's that thought of like, because these random people, which is probably a bit more male focused and maybe a bit more like misogynistic guys, they were like, oh, it was ages ago, it's fine. But if you had, so you're like actually we'll choose a jury based randomly but we'll have to have they have to be like somebody who is you know at least a male at least a female somebody who's professional somebody who's like whatever i don't know i'm trying to think of different you're trying to get a good selection of people that is varied enough so you could say sometimes ethically it's like well we do a random jury because then we're not choosing but at the same time it means it's random 
how justice is served, if you know what I mean. So is that ethical? Uh, also the choice when you just then you saying a man, a woman, but like that's your own bias. Bias, yeah. How do you choose the bias? Like, like you, I mean, you, there's so many different things and yeah, having to choose one. I was thinking doctor and a builder because I feel they're completely different professions which are like completely valid and it's because like they're completely different walks of life aren't they? Yeah. Valid. They could like be brothers. They could be, they could be brothers mate and then you've just got the same ethics from Well there you go yeah. Well you're saying about you know why is your job the thing that defines you? Yeah. Or why were they both men in that example? So like you made <gasps> you made me think about with you made me think God, you made me think Johnny with um that situation that maybe well any situation where it's been a very long time right and the other the party who is the, the victim okay so if the victim says that they, they just want to leave it and they don't want to have to relive any of it they just want to be part of it they don't care about any of it like they just totally want hands off they don't want to be part of it and that even would allow the person who committed the crime to go free but as long as you know they don't have to interact with each other anymore, is ethics on the side of the victim or is ethics on the side of society? Mm. Because somebody not going to jail means they can work in a job, for instance. You know, if you have a criminal record where you went to jail for something like a major offence, it's actually quite hard to go back into society quite easily. So there could be a thought to say, we want to avoid that so we can uh, society can keep going on because it costs money to have prisons open. Well, I don't know. So was that what you meant by the idea of, you know, society or the individual? Um, kind of. I think I didn't really explain myself. More than just like, like, can you ethically make someone have to go through back into the jury system lawyer, lawyer stuff? Cool. It's justified. Like, yeah, compulsory, if you like. It's kind of, yeah. 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 Kind of, yeah. Like, the ethic, like, ethically, you could be, like, on the side of, just who it happened to gets to choose now. Mate, you guys screwed up and it took so long, but they've decided they want to get on with their own life. That's one kind of ethic, like it's ethical to let them live and do their thing. But then the other side is like, damn it, justice will be served. And I mean, that's a good point of like seeing about the biases of like some people would be like, oh, this, you know, I punched somebody in the face. And someone's like, oh, don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. It's somebody who's just like, Oh, I don't really care about You're it. You're in a boxing ring, mate. It was fine. <laughs> but yeah, say someone's on drunken night and one person punches another person. Someone would be like, oh, it's just drunken. Don't worry about it. We don't need, to... it's fine. We'll just leave it like that. Somebody would be like, no, that's a major assault that you've just done to me. You've really affected me. And it's actually, you know, it, um, and it can affect people way more than others. But then you've got a justice system, which actually, no, it's not because I guess judges decide how long people go away for whatever. But it's the idea of like, someone would be like, just leave it. I'm not bothered. But how do you know if somebody's bothered or not? How do you choose? Are you just saying, like, do you let it slide or do you not? Or, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it comes down to this whole like, yeah, thing of ascribing more general rules to a to very specific situations becomes very difficult. I think that's them. Yeah. That's when, like I said, again, when you play the devil's advocate, you can always find these, like, you know, loopholes and flaws in people's arguments and things. But I think in general, mm. yeah, I think, I think, I think there's enough stuff we can all agree is morally good and bad and things to make, to make some halfway decent progress in <laughs> living <laughs> yeah. good I, I, lives. But yeah. I guess a lot of things we have to, there's so many people in one area, we've got to assign some people to make the decisions for us of the decisions that we don't have to think about half the time. You know, be like, well, what, what should happen to this person? And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Get somebody else to decide and we'll pay them for it. You know, like, cool. Okay, then. 
job has been. Well, so do, you, do you guys think the internet's a kind of a quite a good? Because obviously, I know the, obviously there's a lot of stuff of cancel culture and the general stuff of people just jumping on bandwagons and witch hunts and things on the internet. But obviously, the internet it has allowed people to you know gather on in that you know en masse in a way that they never have done before and voice their opinions or something. So do you think that would be a generally like uh, say we had a, a jury that was like put to a vote of, of millions of people Ooh, something like that in the yeah, yeah. What, do you, what do you think about that in terms of would that be better or worse than the current so you had like some sort of ai that could just i don't know did this just off my head really but yeah what do you what do you what do you reckon it's, it's quite what is it like democracy is nothing more than mob rule so it's, it, i guess mm. the thing is is ethics higher than the people that they serve so like is he saying if everyone suddenly like let's say Kim, well, Kim Kardashian got somebody out of prison because she's popular and current. She was able to do something, and is that a case of you put it to the popular vote of millions across the world, and suddenly because somebody said something, they're affected by biases that they vote for this, and it's not because of based on good ethics. It's just based on the trend. I mean, yeah, like, yeah the, the the thing about democracy, yeah, is that not everyone is qualified for everything, and I guess the idea is that we all should be qualified to choose ethically. So that's one side of it. And the other side is, would you really want everyone like in the world voting for each thing? And then yeah. you get a random, well, you get a weird ass average of what the world thinks about that very yeah. specific situation. So that can go <laughs> both ways. I guess I think it's a bad decision because I mean, like there's a, there's a reason people are in certain sectors is because ideally they're the best at that because they've just trained in that thing. But then when it gets to some of that ethics, I get what you mean. Like ideally everyone's good at ethics. Um, oh, man, that's difficult. A little, did you know, is I didn't know this. You may know this, um, you know, may know French better than me, but so a baguette, what we think of a baguette is like a long piece of bread. In French, it means wand. So it's baguette de pain, which is wand, bread wand. Wand bread. Yeah, a bread wand. And so baguette magique is a magic wand. And I just think that's something which I didn't know. And now I do. And it's like, huh. Yeah, baguette is what we only see as bread. It's like, no, French, like, no, you're just, it's just a wand. You're just calling like bread wands. I think that's mad. Every time there's a fact, and I think it's to do with the episode, and it's not. <laughs> No, yeah. you're like, okay, you guys are like what, where did you get these from? Because <laughs> you had, I had no idea. Now I do. I did. I do enjoy. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> did Did you know that before though? I, I did not know that. I must confess. Yes, yes. Um, it was a good fact. I put that up there in my facts that I will recount in the right situation. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll um, start to wrap up here as well. So the questions I've got. So write down some questions. The first thing, get the dictionary definition of ethics. Also, if you can, so I'll you said something about like, you know, Aristotle and like, is this, you know, kind of philosophers of where it kind of became, where did it start? And that's a huge question. It may not be answerable, but kind of an idea to be like, you're maybe like, oh, the first ethics committee that started was in like, you know, I don't know, England or something, or, you know, maybe it was in like Rome or something like that. And the final one is who decides? And as you say, saying, Freddie, of like, you know, surely somebody gets to a point of expertise, but like, is is there a job? Yeah, who de- who decides ethics? You know, and see if there's some like governing body. Yeah. So um, we'll see you in a week and you'll see us in a couple of seconds. It's been me, Johnny, Freddie, and Alistair. There's four of us. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back to the show. It's been two seconds for you and a week for us. Um, the topic we were discussing was ethics. Um, so the questions that he asked before we went were, what was the description, the, the dictionary definition of ethics? Where did it start? And who decides? Those are the three main ones. So, Freddie, I'll go to you. What oh, have you learned? Oh, I can go I to actually, Alistair. I actually gambled that. You wouldn't ask me first, so Alistair could say his dictionary definition. Alistair, what's your dictionary word? definition? Um. <laughs> well, because I didn't Smooth get... Smooth transitions and, uh, uh, over I, here. In the end, I got, I got a list and explanation of each type of ethic. Because I got uh, too yeah. lost. See, last week, I was hoping that you did the same with Bitcoin, and you totally went to me first. And I, was, I was like, I'm really hoping that Freddie would go first, and I could just vibe off that with what I did know, rather than going straight to me. I was like... Oh man, <laughs> it is like who's done their homework first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the other kids like. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Alistair, yeah, Alistair what's your yeah. dictionary definition? Ethics is the branch of philosophy that examines right and wrong moral behaviour. That's the sort of the crux of it, I think. And then, yeah, it involves you know systematizing, defending, and recommending concepts of right and wrong behaviour. Basically, so yeah, it's kind of all of the uh, the stuff we pretty much said last week, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got moral. Myself, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have it. You know, I think our listeners as well will have probably a slightly more solid foundation of knowledge on ethics than necessarily Bitcoin or <laughs> you know, probably <laughs> animal in, in ships things. So yeah, all that good stuff. Right, right. <laughs> they, so they were two separate. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the episode, we, we know <laughs> the animals and ships and the circuses were two different things. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure which I'm not sure it's cryptocurrency, but I'm also not sure if murder is wrong. Which <laughs> exactly those are the big questions we're answering out here but yeah so right i'll go well let's go let's go back to freddie then we've got the, the dictionary definition i've got moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity so freddie go on go into the more the, the types so this one was actually way more interesting than i thought it was going to be so generally they're broken down into how you figure out what is right and wrong right because that's what i found ethics was ethics wasn't wasn't just saying it's what's right and wrong it's uh, it's how you come to that conclusion so first one that comes up often is supernaturalism which is basically another entity other than yourself like a god or something decides what is right and you follow that in order to lead an ethical life would that be an objective so yeah, they'd be objective. objective right and wrongs yeah objective truth objective right and wrong See, now I've got a problem with that, but now go on. Finish yours and then we'll, we'll delve into it. Okay, I've got, oh, like, yeah. oh, I've got like seven to go to, so you might want to make some notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next two kind of tied together. One is consequentialism, and the other is duty-based. Now, this is really fun. So, consequentialism is that the good or bad is decided from the consequence of the actions, right? You can break this down further into being like 
should you go after what's greatest, the best for most people, or should you go for what's best for yourself? But yeah, it's basically the consequence. And then I was like, oh, cool, it's very sucks. And then there's the direct opposite of that. Imagine that in the, in the definitions of what's right and wrong, the method for coming to your answer, there are people who are completely opposite but for what's good. The complete opposite is duty-based, which is it doesn't matter what the consequence is, you have to follow a rule and you have to do the right thing, inverted commas, right? So yeah. you must not kill under any circumstance, no matter if doing, somehow avoiding killing, like, means someone else has to kill 10 people, it doesn't matter, you followed the correct rule. So like, like a fundamentalist, really black and white. Yeah. But like, why then? Why? What? So get your, get your ticket to, to the pearly gates, or I don't understand the, like, what's the logic behind that? You're given the rules, which are generally, it's like, you shouldn't uh, harm anyone else, you shouldn't, uh, I don't know, I can't remember what the main ones were, like, you shouldn't lie, that was another one, you should never, Ooh, under any circumstances, lie. So you that's must a tricky one, yeah. Yeah, that's tricky, right? Which is really interesting. So, like, is it the consequence or is it the action? Anyway, then we've got emotivism, which I got confused with subjectivism, because basically they're like, uh, it's down to, it's not objective. Like, object, emotionalism is kind of like, it's subjective to each person. And then I think subjectivism is kind of like, it's, it's either true or false, but that's also down to you. That was a bit confusing. Then we have intuition, intuitionism, <laughs> which is intuitionism, that's it, where you figure out what's right and wrong by being intuitive about it. Like, huh, this hurts, so I shouldn't do it to someone else, I guess is the like, general idea of it. Um, and then the last one, which I quite liked, is situationism. Each case is unique. <laughs> like... There's a time and a place where something sounds that, that sounds like that's my favorite one so far. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah, not the most so, the most controversial. Yeah, but in general, like all of them I found, which kind of this is, comes back to my definition, is they're important because they're how you define yourself, allow mutual trust in another person, because you're like, ah, oh, we both agree on how to do things correct. And it benefits you in the long run because hopefully people won't do bad things to you yeah so 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 alistair for do you want to either rebuttal what freddie said or first wrap off some things that you've learned what do you prefer to do first um i had a very quick point i thought was kind of a kind of just a little bit amusing because it kind of relates to something stuff we've been talking about one thing we've, we've done sort of sporadically throughout our episodes I sort of sprinkle them in is the um am i the arsehole things on reddit right mm. i have quite an interesting one because that is effectively a moral question right it's it's saying yeah. Am I morally right or wrong here? And it's, you know, it's, it's a sort of modern day take on on a sort of group, getting a group discussing, like, you know, the, the, the world's the jury and they're, they're kind of out on yeah. like, you're, you're the answer. Well, I know, that, that kind of thing is my, one of those sort of don't, which I thought was quite funny. The, the, yeah, for the objectivism thing, I think it's just the issue with that being that all of them, you can find specific things where that particular rule is not the case, right? Like yeah. we were joking, oh, even, you know, I think last week we mentioned if, the whole do unto others as you would want to have them do unto you, right? That's great for 99.9% of cases, but the one serial masochist, not <laughs> 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 so much. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of, you know, the, uh, yeah. the um, thing about. Um, I was, I was going to get some more sort of real world examples, just like some things like so ethics of the time and how they sort of evolve and things. So, I was going to take a look at things that we look back at now and think that's absolutely morally wrong, and then kind of think about in the future what will. What will future generations look at what we do now and think that's morally wrong? 
Um, I think that might be quite fun to talk about. I've got a few, few things that I've done on that. But yeah, no, so many, yeah, my main issue with Fred as well, but like, I like the situation with someone. I like the sort of, you know, <laughs> things that, I, yeah, I think the objective rules are, I, I find I find issue with personally. But yeah. No, how come? Go on. Is it just more of a case? Well, like, of I, 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 just, I just think there's always examples where, whereby you can say, oh, no, that's, that's not the case. I, yes. I think they're, obviously, they're useful as a, as a foundation, but I think you can build upon it rather yeah. than have them and be like, that's it. That, that, all right, job done. Close the book. Yeah. So <laughs> the idea of like, cool. you shouldn't kill somebody. And it's like, yeah, but what happens if you're killing somebody saves, you know, you're, you're killing a dictator, for instance. And in this case of like, that surely is going to benefit the greater good rather than yeah. whatever. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Okay. The greater good. Oh, oh, we're we're going to come to it later, I'm sure. The fact that you asked us to find an ethics quote, and man, there are such trash like, out there. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Um, oh. But like, the, th- the problem with objective truths in general, with anything, is like you can't, unless it's like maths, <laughs> you can't really have a universal concept that always works in all situations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Triangles will always have three sides. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they're a dictator, they're a dictator triangle with three sides. <laughs> yeah. Because mm. oh, one thing you could think of, like, do you know, like, going off the topic there, but say for the idea of like, you should never, you, know, you should never kill anyone. There's no, you know, objective truth. You should never kill anyone under any circumstance. And I guess it's because for, did we mention before about the idea of like when you have a Western. I- ideology which you don't even realize you have yeah we talked about it between like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like east and west so one thing is because for us we'd imagine you no know, but sometimes the best option is to kill someone and that's because of the way that we're just kind of brought up and programmed to think but it could be instead of like well actually if everyone collectively did the same thing you kind of lead by example and whatever you wouldn't need to kill somebody because you've been able to change the thing so say with the dictator if you were to get everybody on the same page then nobody would listen to the dictator and then nothing would happen because of it. But w- the way that we've been brought up to believe is that, yeah, but you can't make a change that way. How are you going to change those people, the soldiers, to do the thing that they they were meant to be doing anyway? So I guess that's one way to think of it. So I just thinking then of like, we think there's no such thing as an objective truth because the way that we've been brought up to believe through the way things work mm-hmm. and don't work so in us, in our own way, we've kind of given our own selves an objective truth to say there is an objective truth, and that's an objective truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think the, the sort of second point I make on the objective truth thing is a that it's difficult enough to find one that we will agree on anyway. I think mm. it's hard enough even to find one that you find for yourself. Is you know, is you, obviously people will have things that they firmly believe, and you know, like I will, I'm an honest person. I, I don't lie, kind of thing. This is an example. And then, but even then, you'll like I said, you'll find situations where you would um, falter on that. And so, you know, obviously the whole thing of everyone's the main character in their life everyone's kind of you know uh their view of the world and everything but it's so obviously yeah i think when you sort of try to apply that to bigger bigger situations it just doesn't yeah doesn't hold water in yeah. and I, I guess as well if, if you ever think of anything which is more religion based then the idea is that it's like the idea of ethics is only based on this kind of world if you know what i mean so realistic is like if you if you abide by all the objective truths then this life doesn't matter when it ends because you're going somewhere else if you see what i mean ready um, I realised that I missed one mm. uh, that kind of ties in a little bit with this, in a way. Also, I'm just uh, just for anyone out there who's an expert in ethics or has just written a dissertation on it, um, this isn't like a be-all middle list of all types of ethics. I just got it off a random <laughs> website. So, um, you're really scraping was, the bottom of the barrel if you come to us to help you. Yeah, if you're listening to this to procrastinate, g- good on you. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, good on you for that point. I don't think you're going to get yeah. If you're listening to study, yeah. then bad on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I wonder what the first page of Wikipedia, the three different guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I got you get a link on Wikipedia, that'd be pretty good. Um, yes, there's another one which kind of ties in with a bunch of them. It doesn't say how to come to the ethical conclusion, but that you are ethical depending on your whole life. Yeah, I like that. I think I mentioned that last week, the whole thing about like... Whole life is, I think it's based on that Greek philosopher who begins with A, goddamn Aristotle. <laughs> Aristotle. So it's about leading a virtuous life. So you do what the most virtuous person in the universe would do in that situation. And that in general, your whole life is averaged on if you're good, not yeah. like one D. So that's a very I think that's a, that's a shared theme in, in most religions. Yeah, the whole like balancing at the end of your life does the good outweigh the bad. And I think you know that's again that's super important when you look at any sort of like role model and idol. So well, mm. you know you've got to balance the, the good against the bad because no one's no one's yeah. perfect, no one's going to be. Yeah. It's one um, of those things that like looks. I mean, like many things when on the, on the big picture, you're like cool, but then if you ever like try and delve into it like okay so what makes you a good person in this situation then it's like and ah, it falls apart again <laughs> so. yeah yeah exactly. um, so before we move on to, to the next thing i'll before i did a bit try to do too much research because i was like i'm the host can't do it but so i got things i found was broken into three subgroups meta ethics normative ethics and applied ethics meta ethics being one where so really you know where do ethics come from is it this worldly objective or otherworldly subjective normative ethics which is the general way and how to act so you get egoism altruism and utilitarianism that's going into what freddie was saying about consequential so egoism being like does the positive outweigh the negative for you altruism is for everyone else except you and utilitarianism is for everyone and then applied ethics which is specific case by case and like you know about abortion ethics for instance and it's not about a gen you know meta ethics being like ethics the actual idea, normative about how to li- live your life. I'm summarising <laughs> applied ethics being case to case. And oh, apparently, that was a succinct definition. Yeah. So apparently, ethics. The word comes. I had two different sources. So I don't know, but definitely the Greek word ethos, which means character, which may have stemmed from ethikos, which means character slash custom, or Latin, which is mores, which means customs. So kind of like character customs. So it was quite cool. So <laughs> Freddie or Alistair, who what pressing thing do you have next? The quote thing sounded quite fun. I found a quote yeah. that I thought. Quotes. That's, that's I don't okay. remember asking I, this I, I question. I don't think I'd love but... it, but yeah. Yeah, I thought it, I don't know. But I'm well, more than happy to assume that <laughs> I did ask this question. <laughs> For our listeners, they've literally just heard you say it, right? Yeah. <laughs> have they? Oh, man. Did I? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so it was, it was, it goes, when men are pure, laws are useless. When men are corrupt, laws are broken so i think it means like as in laws will be broken basically it's saying that if people right. were morally good you wouldn't need the laws whereas when people are bad you don't need the laws because they'll be broken anyway so i, I don't i think it was just like sort of, oh we don't need laws then i guess no, no, no. <laughs> and then again i think again in the, the issue that i have with it it takes a whole thing about this complete black and white you know binary thing of you either are or you aren't good that's it <laughs> there is no gray area <laughs> good or bad it's as simple as so yeah I'm not, I, I didn't didn't love that as a quote I must say but you know I like um, I like the idea behind it so more like yeah. yeah I enjoy the idea of that oh what would you know I think yeah let's, let's, thinking about how we could be as a society what things that we can strive to I think it's, it's very interesting but again yeah yeah it, hits, like it gets hit yeah, by like the train that. of sort of real life a bit I think you say but yeah go for it 
Oh, I just I agree with that. I liked it. Did you also find when you were searching for ethics quotes, you got loads of weird business quotes that are like meant to be about <laughs> consumer did. ethics? And I was like, what? It's like Richard Branson, like the consumer becomes the employee or something. I was just like, what? <laughs> Is that well, a job to go work a virgin or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I found I found the worst quotes and like. Oh, go on. Lay it on us. They're bad because they're so bad that they're not. They're not. There's nothing to them. That not even bad. Like you disagree with them. They're just pathetic. I mean, one quote that by John Kenneth Galbraith. Um, if you're listening, John, your quote sucks. Is <laughs> no no ethic is as ethical. As the work ethic. Oh. Mm. Yeah, oh, that like, one rolls off the tongue nicely. <laughs> yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. Okay. Anyone? Anyone? No. Okay. Next one. Um, no, I'm not. This, I don't have who wrote this. Ethical decisions ensure everyone's best interests are protected. When in doubt, don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cautious. Yeah. Curiosity killed the cat and all that, but I mean, you know. So I think thing. that's actually wrapped up the episode. Um, to be honest, I think that one quite <laughs> done it. <laughs> that's be all. Anyone needs to know. Just, just for some <laughs> We've done yeah, it, guys. Just don't. Just don't. Uh, just don't. Another. I, I've got another not great ethics quote that just sprung to mind actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Anne Rand. She's like a sort of. She's not not the nicest of people. I don't think in the you know, in the world. But her thing. Uh, quote. I think maybe it's a slight variation on that. But it was um. Man's highest moral obligation is to his own happiness, and I was like, hmm. "Not not much sure I agree with that." It's sort of just saying, "Let's nope. all be really selfish, right?" What, what do you guys think of that? Hedonism. Yeah, yeah. hedonism. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who? Wait, hedonism or hedonism? Because I've definitely heard both being used casually. I don't. American. Yeah, which one's American? Which one's not? I think hedonism is British, right? Hedonism sounds a bit more American. Heathens, heathens, bunch of heathens. That's a huge drama. Hedonism, but all accents are valid. But if you say bath, you're not from where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Freddie's guide on accents. You either are or you aren't from the south of England. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I just I coincidentally heard a Turkish proverb today. Do you know those things like? I'm assuming this is a Turkish proverb and not a case of somebody just feels particularly woke, came up with a good idea and then put proverb at the end of it. Of The forest was shrinking, but the trees kept voting for the axe. The axe was clever and convinced the trees that because his handle was made of wood, he was one of them. And I quite like that. Was, yeah, Politicians are lizard people, that's what you're saying, right? Effectively, yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're, fake, they're faking humans well enough that we'll believe they're humans until they uh, like reveal them. their very like sharp going, metal heads. <laughs> I hope that's a really old proverb, which means like nothing's really changed with politicians. <laughs> you know, still going down forests and being sneaky. I feel like things have to be quite old to be proverbs, right? They can't, you can't have like, oh, this proverb was made in 1982. It could be somebody like, well, woke. It could be a woke person cool. just saying it's a proverb. Yeah. yeah. Man, I like... I, I, do occasionally hear, you know, those golden crows. You're like, wow, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, don't remember it mm. at all. I um, saw a thing. Well, no, I was reading a thing, and it was it's a nice little quote. So, for some case of ethics, ethics comes from those individuals willing to make a difficult choice and think about big questions. And then it brought me to the thought of, you know, with, well, as I know of it, quite a lot of law, especially in courtrooms, is you having to learn loads of different court cases because effectively what you try to do rather than trying to 
reinvent the wheel every time, you go back to a, a well-known famous court case and say like, well, what did they rule then? Are we going to say that's close enough to our case now? So that's how we proceed. Yeah, okay, so right. this, I thought was that would be more applied ethics. Um, that's what happens though. Like, isn't it was like, those said that it kind of cut out. Like, you did people other cases in cases, right? Like, look back mm. at the case of Egbert versus Edith in 2012, yeah. and you look at the outcome. But I mean, that's what, oh man, I did, I did help someone on their dissertation about this, about how footballers who became millionaires was because of one guy, I think he's a French guy, who wanted to play for a different team, but he wasn't allowed to do it because the rules meant that, that he couldn't get paid for a certain, oh man, I'm really like ruining this go look it up it's really interesting how footballers became super rich but basically i had to go to like his football team to court because they wouldn't pay him to play if he swapped teams outside of a period or something and basically it meant in the end he, he had to be paid a percentage of something which suddenly now means millions <laughs> like, because wow. like that's just the way it's worked but that's like him fighting a case and then that is now a key case when people talk about other things in other sports they use that all i think if i've totally said this wrong please send a message and just clear me up on this <laughs> but it's, it's interesting yeah but i, I, I do think you know, the whole court is kind of like just passing on not passing on the blame i can't think of the phrase where you're just passing on that kind of responsibility to be like let's just check that somebody hasn't done it first and then just assume that's the right thing to do rather than having to be bold enough to say whether it's right or wrong now also, learn the term ax axiology, which is the philosophical study of value. So, do you know, talking about Teslas and like having to come up with a value for whose life is worth more? That would be axiology, and that's a, like a type of ethics, which is saying about what is what is valuable and what isn't. Oh, nice. No, you know what? I take it back. If you're studying for dissertation, I think just come over it, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> just put in like you know your bibliography. You know, this could be a bad one. <laughs> No idea, did, dot, 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 yet in the bibliography might not, <laughs> might not fly to me. Did you guys come up, like, find ethical... Because I was looking for an ethical problem to, like, chuck on here, because I thought that'd be fun. Hundreds. Like, the one that kind of springs to mind for me is that is um, veganism, actually. Just just because I, I do agree with it. <laughs> I just don't do it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those funny things where I'm like, you know, I, I can't, I don't. There's no morally or ethical reason to eat meat over, you know, over not eating it. It's, it's just better not to. But yeah, and like you could always say like, oh, we're meant to. You know, the reason why we're intelligent is because we're able to eat meat and stuff. Like that may be the case then, but not now. Like societally now, it's how we do it now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement about that. So it's sort of I don't know. I guess yeah. The one thing I really <laughs> we're all know, terrible people. We're just gonna. Eat. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I really want to know is about bees. I mean, I'm a big big fan of bees, oh, and. God. Back to bee beekeeping and just whether or not honey <laughs> is yeah whether he honey is okay for vegans or not because for me it'd be like you're only benefiting bees yeah you're stealing the honey but kind of you're still giving them food i don't know and they're insects no, i mean insects because, have no laws there's about other types no no there's other bees like there's mm. other types of bees and you like your monoculture kind of, you to have a monoculture of just we're only having one type yeah, of bee I don't know. I, I, I do think if you sort of keeping animals and you're doing it, like I said, if, if I had if I had chickens, I think and they had eggs, I feel like that's you, know, you were keeping them. You kind of mm. knew them as it were. 
I do feel like you'd have to feel better about eating those eggs, maybe. Just I think it's like ethical hunting as well, where you, you say, like, you're going out and trying, I'm not saying, like, game or anything, but more of a case of there's an ITV morning, something like that, and it's a woman who went out, hunted deer, and then brought it back home, ate it, cooked it up with the kids, and then, like, that's how she got her meat, effectively. And so I feel that's much better than issues, a lot with veganism, I feel, and for, like, global warming and climate change is more factory farming which is the real issue so oh, having sure. something which is granted you can't get everyone just go out and go hunt deer because you know it doesn't yeah, work it doesn't, again it's sort of yeah these kind of exceptions to the rule but actually, i think as a rule mm. obviously yeah, yeah. Um, so, so there's always like as i was thinking this well today i've done some fun stuff with digging as they're like chopping down these like small trees because they've been asked to cut clear this area which like is understandable because it's overgrowing and it's for this thing and i was like i know that all this is being used and in germany right now all of this is taken very eco-friendly way made into a biofuel and it's then like used so i was like so bad and i was like thinking about how there's always a better way to do to solve the problem we have basically and it's just mm. people they're too lazy or ineffective yet to do it. If you're chopping down trees for fuel, but you're like, you know what, but I, I feel good about it because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, fire when it does. <laughs> not, not for like just random burning. Like, I mean, I in England, when I worked as a gardener in England, you just made a monster bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> just set it alight. It's a factory and it's chopped to sawdust and the sawdust is used in a machine to, to pump water to, to generate electricity. And I was like, ah. Oh, Kind that's, of okay. That's cool. I mean, this bottle here, you take it to recycle it and get the money back. Like that, it's been shown to just fun, 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 how do you say it? Funt, isn't it? Fun. I think it's the German thing for that. But we'll check out that. Any German okay. listeners listening? We're, we're looking at you, Lucas. Welcome. Shout out to one of our, one of our <laughs> fans. One of our two, three. And Freddie's yeah. mum. <laughs> My mum doesn't speak German. Yeah. I think like, it's fan. Oh, look, Sure. Well, so it kind of ties in with ethics in the sense of a lot of ethics like veganism that you're saying or not buying sweatshop clothes are like you know what's right and wrong but you don't do it out of either habit laziness money maybe social pressure peer pressures yeah peer pressures mm. yeah yeah like there's a collection clothing. of reasons yeah for that clothing being peer yeah. pressure of like you know nike for instance of like we're going to touch later mm. but like you know they have sweatshops and like that's just a known thing, and it's like it's really like you could say, well, at least it gives them some money rather than no money, and it's like, eh, <laughs> you can say that. I think the company, the, like, the company ha- being there is the reason they'd have no money. Yeah, like, choosing, <laughs> they make loads of money, and they choose to have that lower wage. It's like Chris Rock's quote: "Like minimum wage means if your boss could pay you less, they would be." <laughs> And, and that's sweatshops are where they're like, yeah, we totally can and we will. Oh man, I saw that a very similar quote. I haven't even finished about the bottles yet, but I saw a similar quote just, just that really, really riled me up again. Now, I don't know what our listeners think about my stupid comment about accents, but I did not go to a private school. <laughs> and I saw this quote that was like, if private schools didn't give an unfair advantage, no one would pay for them. And I was like, right, like that. The, the whole point, the reason that our, yeah, the whole reason that our politicians are like, was it 74% of our MPs went to private school and yet only 5% of our whole population goes to private school? And it's because it's an unfair advantage. Mm. Oh, man, it just like, 
bug, 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 bug. It's, it's not like that's a unique to society, though, right? That's, 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 you know, yeah. just like all throughout society. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's that thing as well of like, I always thought, do you know, like, someone giving an inheritance is considered a lot more positive than somebody inheriting inheritance. So if you like, say, if you like proper grassroots kind of person, you you were homeless for a while and you came from a really bad, like, you know, proper, you know, bottom of the pile. And then suddenly you become a multimillionaire through hard work, pulling yourself up, you know, like the classic thing. Then you know, you see you've got loads of money, you give loads of charity. And then it's like, you also give a lot to your kids as well, because that's, you know, because you want to, you've earned the money. So as long as you're paying your taxes, also you give them to charity, it's brilliant, you're doing loads. And then you give to your kids as well, because that seems like, well, why wouldn't you, they're your kids. Great. But for the kids, it's suddenly like, mm, do you deserve that though? Mm, you know, it's suddenly like somebody who inherits a lot is deemed a lot worse than somebody who gifts as an inheritance, if you know what I mean. I feel like you could also look at like where, where oh, the money comes from. So when you start looking at like super long lineages of, of you know, people handing down money mm. and, you know, oh, yeah, uh, keeping yeah. the family perfect, then that's, that's obviously then the further back you go, oh yeah, there's probably some very dodgy stuff going on there. But equally, like I say, you've got plenty of millionaires today who have made their, made their monies off, off yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. the backs of... Oh yeah, it was just more of a do you thing of like of say if you uh, yeah, had no. millions you'd want to give it to your kids, but at the same time I think people don't really like the idea of if you're just inheriting wealth. It's different when it's a long lineage though, because then it's kind of like you're always going to have that. If you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like as, whoever is born to that one person is always going to be wealthy. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. No, it's difficult. Like people getting like people who like short suddenly are rich don't know how to handle it mm. versus people who are born into it and then they're kind of like they're brought up understanding it in a different way i don't know yeah I mean, there's a flip side of that obviously they could be less so then obviously i think yeah yeah it's again worth noting that we are incredibly lucky and that you know from even being born in the country we're born in that alone yeah yeah, yeah fully something else so yeah, yeah. but i don't know it's, it's an interesting one, uh, uh, one th- <sighs> Oh, you're starting a whole new topic, are you? <laughs> no, I thought the point it's going to make. That's going to really annoy me now. Really annoy me. Take time, mate. You're editing this one. That's what you're going to say about bottles, Freddie. <laughs> okay, I'll continue with the bottles. Basically, one of the things about laziness, slash, it's just not that easy for you to do. Like, in England, for example, like, yeah, you can go and recycle your stuff for free, or at least uh, in small quantities for free, or put it in the right bins, but it's not made necessarily as easy as it is here in Germany where like it's amazing that I can take this bottle back and I get 25 cents which is added originally to the price of the bottle so I'm not actually making money but it feels like I am and there's something like 99 people 90% of people who recycle and people in the streets pick up the rubbish and put it in the right bins and it like it's it just it just makes sense right it just makes sense yeah right. and, plastic yeah, bags they're a big deal for, back for our listeners to about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I just can't get over five people plastic bags. Uh, right. I'm sure you've forgotten that. Right, so one of the questions that I asked is who decides? So I don't know if you went anything to like any like ethics committees, if you looked up stuff like that, or Alistair, do you? Alistair yeah, I, I, I would think it always comes down to the individual, really, like and on a, on a, mm. in 99% of cases of this. But again, like, I was just looking at one little small sort of section of it. But yeah, no, I think... um. Start, start it, start it with you, you know. Listen to Man in the Mirror. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Like Michael Jackson. <laughs> that's, where, that's, that's where I get all of my, all of my moral, moral moments from. Michael Jackson, of course. Why would you not? Start with but, the yeah. Man in the Mirror. But did you get anything for, like, ethics committees or anything like that? Well, it reminded me that I should have looked up something that I wanted to look up, like, who decides 
Amnesty International comes in. I, I did one thing for talk about religion and stuff like that. One little thing I found was between English and US churches. So it was based on the US Catholic Church and English Church of England and how they, diff- they differ. Both are tax exempt. Well, the UK is a little bit different. It's more half of it's tax exempt and they get like whatever because they're a charity. Whereas in the US, if you're religious, you're just tax exempt. Whereas in the UK, everything's transparent. So Church of England makes a billion income a year. 160 million goes on maintenance. They own 45% of grade one listed buildings, which is kind of mad. 189 million goes on staff and clergy, and the rest goes on mission agencies, national and international charities, outgoing, outgoings of a billion. Effectively, everything's transparent, and they're more or less always in loss. They don't make any profit. It's a very much non, not for profit. Whereas in America, they do a lot of good as well, and apparently they're the second largest non-government provider for healthcare, but they make the same profit as the big companies out there. Like they make a lot, they make, and they de- everything's like you don't see anything. They don't have to disclose any of their accounts or finances. That's where you get some weird billionaire preachers who are definitely more about the money than they are about the God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and um, what, the thing I'm trying to bring to this is, as in like who decide because they have Church of England has a 5.5 billion investment portfolio to get 4% return on their investments, whatever. It's like who decides on what to invest in? It's an ethical investment advisory group. And they try to invest in things that, you know, go along with Christian values. And one thing of like, you said about alcohol, they, do, they don't want to invest in like an alcohol company, for instance, or they try not to invest in anyone who makes more than 5% of their income from alcohol. And I was like, how hard has it got to be nowadays to invest in something which has no negative ties? So you couldn't invest in Nike because it's sweatshops. You know, you couldn't invest in Apple because you've got like labor and stuff like that. So you've got... Imagine trying to find the loopholes of like who can you actually invest in who's got no really grassroots stuff. They're like this little girl, girl lemonade stand, and we're gonna, we're gonna pop, pop yeah. into that. And then, yeah. She seems okay. Um, and then another thing I looked into was who. So World Health Organization, they have an ethics view committee of 27 members, and the 27 members are from different walks of life. They're all professionals, and they're decided by the director of who. And I was like, but who appoints the who director? And that's the World Health Assembly, which is, it's effectively every member state has a senior health official who gets to vote. So effectively the world votes who the director of who is. So they're appointed by the mass. And I guess that's the thing of like for committees, usually they're the same with in Church of England committee thing. It's a case of they collectively vote people in to think who's going to be the best person for the job. So I guess who decides is usually through mass people. Uh, yeah. who decides yeah. yeah who decides one person decides or a few people decide and those people are decided upon by the larger amount of people i guess the same similar to politics you know you vote for your mp who represents you when it comes to the table of the uk and how uh, i'm just thinking like if you if i had to i don't know i had to choose my the leader of my town or something and there's like five of us figuring out who would pick like i think we'd have a good discussion about it and really chat about it but it's like seven billion people potentially i mean obviously not who are choosing like you i mean they're all either easily swayed or nothing really gets done i don't know like i what's the quote that okay this is not necessarily a nice quote but um think about how stupid the average person is well half the world is more stupid than them (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh my god yeah or is it like how smart the average voter is and i think half of the voters are stupider than them I think it was it yeah, by yeah. some American politician. I don't know. But 
like I, I got lost in this committee thing because like I found as I had a very quick Google uh, but I got confused and left it. It was the United States House Committee on Ethics, which is a committee on ethics, also known as the Ethics Committee. It's a good, good name. There's a committee of the House of Representatives that established, you know, like what's uh, ethical, what to do if you think something's going to be unethical, inethical, unethical, and it, what to do if they think someone has done something unethical and how to deal with it. Anyway, like their entire history is just corruption, bribery, <laughs> like <laughs> sexual incidences, uh, money laundering. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. I go back to her that, that men, men are pure laws are useless yeah. when men are corrupt yeah. are broken. But, <laughs> and guess what a lot of people are corrupt so one thing to say about 7 billion people voting is recently there's been a vegan teacher on TikTok who's been banned because 1.7 million people took a petition and kicked her off TikTok and that yeah. first you think surely I mean the stuff she's doing is just kind of like whatever about like really intense like vegan I think like the 1% veganism kind of thing but it seems like, oh, surely is she causing that much of an issue, really, on TikTok? But then you think, actually, that is 1.7 million people petitioned. That that's that's fair enough of how things work, you know. The majority kind of decides on what is the ethic of the time, regardless of whether or not they're swayed by trends or whatever like that. Would you like to yeah, talk about what she did? I actually don't know. I just saw a little article about it. Oh, I've got no idea. Yep. Go on, Freddie. Do you uh, know? I thought this was. I mean, this isn't a the first time that people have been outraged by it, but that she was pushing for making her pet vegan. Oh, wow. Oh, right, when you're feeding a cat, yeah. like, vegetables only. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it a dog, I think. But yeah, a cat, yeah. and, like, it's the same kind of thing. Because, like, that's not how it's evolved, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> it not like, that way. I know there's the options and the arguments for humans. I'm not going down that route. I'm just saying that, like, a dog, for example, has the... Digestive tract has the whole thing like it's sick. It does not. It doesn't eat yeah, no, animal product. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, carnivore yeah. as well. Yeah, it is I, a canine it, as well, but that's... yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what the the gist was, but I'm not sure. Also, it's kind of ah, no pitchfork mentality though. People do enjoy. Mm. Oh, for sure. People love a witch hunt on the internet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But 1.7 million people is more like, is that people who actually even watched any of them? Or is it like, oh, this is a trend of the time. I'm going to click that button. Yes. Yeah, if someone had to write in a letter, that'd be a lot different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 1.7 people, people, yeah. Write a letter for something. Nah. <laughs> write us a letter. Send a letter to our podcast. <laughs> Do not have a postbox here or anything? Just send it anyway. <laughs> Santa will get it. Yeah. I don't know if you had anything to finish off on, but I wanted to chuck. Yeah, go for it. No, yeah, anything to the table. Uh, so the, the, I did mention it earlier, but you guys talked about veganism, understandable. Um, most of the, uh, the, the like debates about ethics boiled down to um, deprioritize your like selfish needs or the needs of others. Really, it was like a general, you know, like do you turn the, the do you turn the bus to kill the one child or the ten or whatever blah blah blah. But think, yeah. Something that come that did come across as apparently a real story. You know the hot air balloon arguments, right? Where you have like a uh, a priest and a lawyer and a doctor and a young baby or something all in a hot air balloon. You have to throw one out to to save the others. That is a it's a classic. It's a classic debate. And I think there was a, a guy it's on a heavy boat. baby if it has the same one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they all weigh We need to throw exactly. the baby out because... <laughs> they, 
Or is the normal slow? Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. But I think this did actually happen, but with a boat. And there's a guy who's saying, like, right, we'll stay in it and drown. But otherwise, we've got to chuck out some people and then potentially some of us will survive. And, like, in the end, he did, or the captain, I think, there's some boat did throw some people off and the rest did survive. And, yeah, he went to the like, prison. Oh, wow. Oh, good. Yeah. oh my. It's like... Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it's like, it's like those people who got found out that they ate, uh, they resorted to cannibalism. Uh, I can't remember where, where were they in, somewhere in, uh, I don't want to like generalize. Oh, the plane and the football, the footballers who crashed the plane. Google ah. it. They, they like, some of them had, they ended up having to resort to cannibalism to survive. And then everything, everyone said they were heroes for surviving at the end. And then they found out what actually happened. Which I don't know, like fair play, they had to do it and survive, <laughs> and then everyone hated them. I was saying, in terms of like the whole the example about you said swimming in the bus or, or something, you know, putting your own valuing your own sort of well being over over the, the greater good, as it were, or how you want to describe it. I think just how you how you kind of acted in lockdown is is a very good barometer for that, really. Like it's you know you are basically sacrificing your freedoms for the good of people you don't know and will never know. And it's like, well, obviously there is the element of you know, um, are you you know. If you are, or you have people who you know who are at risk and you know, vulnerable and everything else, it's different. But if you're, you know, if you're a perfectly healthy young, say, student, for example, when you were living, you know, would it be okay for you to just, you know, like for, for you, it would be, yeah, well, it's my, it's my life. I want to live it. And then, mm. you know, but like I said, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sort of real, very much real world example. Of that. Um, so, that's such a, a cool good, point but. saying that because he's saying, like, because what I think is egoism, altruism, and utilitarianism. Whereas that, technically, everyone is having to be altruistic because they're sacrificing their own, you know, it's more negative than positive for them, but it's more positive than negative for the collective. But that's for everybody. Yeah. So everybody is disadvantaging themselves for the kind of collective, if you know what I mean. So it's a bit of a weird one because it's kind yeah. of like... Well, it's mad. When you think about it, it's like, well, there, were actually, there was never a vote on it. There was no, <laughs> obviously, there was no time. But yeah. the government just said, no, this is what we're going to do. And it is, it's, you know, obviously, I don't think there's massive riots about killing old people and killing, you know, you know obviously that's kind of popular i think but that's again that's just in my circles there probably yeah. probably are a lot of people who are kind of you know very much like oh we should you know get, get the country back moving again you know it's one of the fittest kind of things it's, it's a crazy crazy kind of thing to throw, yeah, throw that into it but anyway yeah sorry the beastie boys were wrong you don't have a right party. um okay i've not heard that one that's quite <laughs> You're saying about the, the cannibalism thing. I saw it you were subreddit um two sentence horror. If you've heard it. I was so just saying, I was like, like, oh well, that's a nice light heart thing to end the episode on and now we're gonna go back to cannibalism. <laughs> straight <laughs> back. So the first sentence being like, you know, after having to resort to cannibalism on the boat, the thing that sickened him more was the sight of land. That's the end of the show. We're done talking now. I'm Jonathan. Uh, thank you, Freddie, and thank you, Alistair. That's been Ethics from No Idea Yet. Thanks for the Thank Bye. you, sir. Oh, oh, wait, no, wait. I've got a little fact before I go. If you go running or hiking, hiking mainly, don't forget to trim your toenails. Um, otherwise, you can end up losing them. I never thought... Well, that's just, like, good advice anyway, to keep the toenails short, maybe? Like, he does. Yeah. Well, they're not... Well, like, not my toenails you... have got, got to two inches long. I better cut them <laughs> I'm going to go for a hike. Like, what? <laughs> it's not even, like, particularly long, though. Do you know, just, just not... Effectively, not so the, like... It depends Ew. how your toes are as well. Ew. Like, any of your toes. Ew. Another, like, all toe, tiny bit of nail. 
and like your thumbs but um... <laughs> i can show you what toenails look like if you run a lot at the moment because i'm running a lot and i feel it can gross <laughs> oh, there you go you know Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. Nice. That's proof. That's proof yeah. right there. Yeah. I thought, because I, I just I was talking to yeah. Alex about, she said, oh, Freddie's learned facts today. Apparently, Freddie, when you have a baby, you've got to check their fingers and toes um, and penis if they're a boy for the hair that gets wrapped around it or what they're like their fingers for. And I was there, like, surely I'd notice it. And they're like, she's like, no, apparently Apparently not. You don't realize, <laughs> so I feel like, sometimes I'm like, so, a woman said that her kid was just crying and crying and crying. I'll check it a little bit. The wet nappy's not wet, they're all fine. It's because there's a hair on the penis. Other times, like, most of the time, they've got the feet covered. They have little baby girls. So you don't actually, like, it's quite funny. You think about it. Babies aren't naked a huge amount of the time. Mostly they're clothed. Like, very rarely are they naked. Other than when you're fully changing them, or even when you change them, the most of clothes, you just change the nappy off, put it on. as like, yeah, apparently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I nearly died when I was, when I was born because of the umbilical cord was around my neck. And my dad only, yeah. my dad, the nurse only noticed because my dad pointed out to the nurse. And so she's like, is the baby supposed to be turning blue? And it was like, it was choking me out. So I would have, you know, oh, wow. I could have died like a few minutes after I was born. That's mad. Now that's all for the show. Thank you for listening to No Idea Yet. If you've liked the show, you can also follow us on Instagram. It's No Idea Yet Podcast. And if you have any comments, information you thought we missed, or recommendations for the future, drop us an email on noideayetpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned every Saturday when we drop on new episodes. And thank you for listening.